the Askell Leaders Reading Podcast with Jeff Barton. So I'm Gerfal Padisha. Um, I'm a deputy head at a 11 to 16 secondary school in um, Stubbington, which is um, down by the south coast, very, very lovely area. Um, and I'm, currently I'm a member of Askell Teaching and Learning Committee. Gerfal, thanks for your time. Are you a, a keen reader? Have you always been a reader? I very interesting. I mean, I I was a real avid reader when I was very very young, um, and then I went through a phase in my life, probably kind of maybe late twenties, early thirties, where I kind of stopped reading a bit, which was a real shame. Uh, and then I've picked it up a bit later on in life, and I, I often use the excuse of my children getting in the way of my reading, which wasn't quite true. But um, no, but I, it's useful to blame them for for things. <laughs> Yes, yeah. so I have I have picked it up again at um, at high speed in, in in the last few years. Great. So we're talking about three choices now. Your first choice is actually two books. So just talk talk us through the, the what what they are and why you see them as connected. Yeah. So I mean, my first uh, choice is Maya Angelou's uh, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, and I've linked that to um, a recent publication, Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart. I mean, for me, obviously the the first one rings bells in terms of obviously the racism which Maya Angelou faced uh, in her in her young life and obviously obviously throughout her, her whole life I'd imagine um you know for me obviously as being a person of color that struck uh, struck a chord um quite, quite rightly you know the challenges I think that people face because of the color of their skin comes in all sorts of guises and for me it's about being resilient about that about you know dealing with it in the right ways but really not allowing it to stop you to achieve. So, you know, that one brings lots of bells for me there. Um, but but linking that to the Shaggy Bain story, I mean, again, this is an interesting story, obviously, again, about um, poverty, about class, about, um, you know, a young boy having a really very difficult uh, upbringing, about um, his, his, his mother in particular being um, an alcoholic, how he deals with that. So, Again, I think the two books are linked very, very closely in terms of people's challenges in life and and how they overcome those and how they become successful regardless of that. It's interesting because uh, the Shuggy Bain, that's right, that's how you say it, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Has been recommended to me by lots of people. Now, one, if I remember, it won the Booker Prize, didn't it? It did, yes. And and my experience of Booker Prize winners is they're quite often quite hard slogs as it were but so many people have said you've really got to read this so is it is it quite a, a straightforward read it, it is a straightforward read I mean it's a big book it's a thick book and um actually Douglas Stewart was on I don't know if you ever listened to hard talk um on on on, on the telly and uh, and on the radio and uh, there was talk about him perhaps writing the next next uh, book because obviously he leaves Shuggy at about the age of about 10 or 12 and it's whether he goes on to write now obviously and clearly a lot of it is based on his childhood I'd imagine um so but but it, it is an easy read in lots of respects but it, it kind of every now and again you kind of have to stop put it down and really think about what you've just read because there's some really tough messages in there about a child's life and what children experience in in, in childhood um and for me it really just got me thinking obviously about the current situation and, and what some of our children have been facing in lockdown uh, you know, and how we really do we really know what's going on in, in some children's lives and how do we support them when they come back to us in school, etc. So, yeah, I found it quite emotional in places um, and, you know, really had to sit back and think about what I was reading. And the Mayor Angelou that you, you, you talk about at the beginning, I mean, she, she she's not just a great novelist and a great poet, in fact, but she's she's become like a 
not a national treasure, but a global treasure. She just has this ability to to say you know, to to, to synthesise. You know how I use quotes uh, a lot. She just synthesises emotions with extraordinary language. She's just a genius, absolute genius, linguistic genius. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think, you know, I mean, you know, interestingly enough, I mean, obviously I was born, I was born in this country, but English was not our first language at home. And and for me, um, you know, reading was that bit where I got that extra sort of, you know, English style and grammar, etc. spelling, because uh, obviously my parents were not able to, to, to give give that to me at home. And um you know, I find as I'm as I'm as I'm growing older, probably getting more sentimental as I grow older. Just the beauty of the the writing of certain certain authors. Yeah, I just find it amazing. I'm, um, I'm the same. Now, your second choice is again a work of fiction. I'm I was surprised by this. So tell, tell us what it is. Right. So my second second one is actually Dracula by Bram Stoker. Um, and uh, I'll give a bit of background, really, for this. I mean, obviously, as a, as a child, um, you know, my parents were very, very much into education. They did promote it. However, we were in a house where there were there, there were no books. Um, so where did I get my books from? Clearly, I got them from school. And obviously, during my childhood, the, the, the classics weren't really pushed at school. Um, so, you know, it wasn't until I was sort of into my uh, late teens that I started to realise I hadn't read these classic books um and obviously I've now got um I've got a daughter who's who's turned 12 and I don't want her to grow up like that so actually we're reading classics together and interesting enough we both read um, Dracula together <laughs> and um it was it was brilliant because obviously I'd never read it properly I knew obviously the story from the films and stuff but it's nothing like the book mm-hmm. um and also for me it's not about the blood and the gore and the scariness it's actually about the the control and the way that people are manipulated and, you know, the way that um, obviously people get what they want off others by doing that. So I, I look at it as a, as, as a different book in that respect. How interesting. So that's that's partly the experience of the book, but partly it's the experience of the book with your daughter, isn't it, in a sense? Yes, definitely. And, you know, and, and, and you know, she, she had her own take on it, you know, and she she drew her own conclusions from it. But it was, again, it was just that being able to sit down and read things together, which which for me, you know, when she grows up, I want her to know what all these classics are, you know, and how you how you use them in English, et cetera, et cetera, because I think it's so important. And also it's a reminder that those titles which end up becoming film versions. So Frankenstein's another good example. I, I did a, a study of Frankenstein at university and it's so, so different from the kind of Boris Karloff world and Drac- Dracula as you say is the same they they often have a great deal more subtlety and depth to them than we realize I think yeah absolutely and also and also the way it's written you know this the, the letters the diary entries the newspaper articles I just find that really an interesting way of writing you know and I think if I ever wrote a book that would be the way that I'd write a book yeah, yeah. that style yeah and your final choice is a non-fiction choice I think isn't it Gopal yes it is so this is Bill Bryson's The Body um, now, when I first purchased it, and people, because I'm, I'm a scientist, by the way, um, you know, so when I first purchased it, people said to me, "Why are you reading that? You're a scientist. Surely you know everything that's in there." Uh, and I and I first thought, okay, perhaps it, perhaps I do. But actually, it's written really, really interestingly because there, there's a history. Um, so it, you know, chapters talk about perhaps genetics, or they talk about uh, medicine, or they talk about the nervous system, or they talk about you know hormonal systems. 
And so there's a bit of history in there, obviously, about how things developed with our understanding of these. But what I really like about the book is obviously where we go next with these. And for me, the, the, the big push here is about the genetics, really, and the fact that obviously the current virus that, um, that they managed to produce so quickly was because of their understanding of the genetic makeup of the virus. Um, and, you know, the future has got to be in genetics and genetic manipulation. And that side of it, I found really fascinating. Um, so, you know, even as a scientist who studied biology and chemistry very, very, very well, I learned stuff from it. And, um, you know, I've given my book to I gave my book to the nurse. She's read it and she passed it all around the hospital. So, you know, um, I, I think everyone should read it. And, um, you know, uh, whether yeah. it's because I, I know of Bill Bryson chiefly because when the Independent launched as a newspaper and the Independent on Sunday, he was a, a, a comic journalist and it led to him writing comic tours of Europe and the UK and stuff. And then suddenly he started writing these kind of factual books. Yeah. You you as a scientist listening to what he's saying, I mean, he has an ability to take complicated things and to make them simple, I think, probably. Does does that sometimes distort the science or do you feel that actually he's true to scientific principles as well? No, I think no, I think he's done it very well. I think I, I think the principles are, are are good. I think and I said I think because he's putting there the history, you know, for example, he talks about the development of penicillin and the way that that was done and then links it to obviously where we are now and where we need to go so i think he i think he makes the stories uh, make sense he ties up the timelines of scientific development um you know i think it's that that other thing isn't it, about people not being afraid of the science and you know we would not be where we are today in many aspects of our life i mean think about in vitro fertilization you know obviously i've talked about vaccines uh, heart surgery and uh, unless people are willing to do that and um you know and i mean the other thing is and i think we need to think as a country definitely about how we're pushing stem subjects with our youngsters um and for me particularly girls and making sure they are interested in science and pushing it and studying it it's really important Beautiful. that's been a fantastic discussion thanks for sharing your three books with us and uh, and, and giving us your insights into why you've chosen them thank you Hey, you're welcome. ASCL. Askel.